and I'm going to ask for a show of hands on this one. So how many of you guys, if I give you a pop quiz and said you could name the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, could you raise your hand? And I'll clarify that. Not the backup guy, maybe that we had. The starting quarterback. We had a little mishap last season. So a good chunk of us. Now, how many of you, let's see how many we can get if it's the same. How many could name the starting right guard? One claims to. I'll check with him later and verify. What's the difference? What's the difference? You know, some of the guys on the football team, they get a lot of credit. Typically, you're looking at the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers, the guys who are scoring, the guys who are getting on the jumbotron immediately after the big plays, the guys who are going to be having the cameras just zone in on them and watch the celebrations in the end zone. They get a lot of credit. But yet, if you've ever watched football and realize if it gets inside the five and they're going to hand off to the running back, the running back's not going to make that happen on his own. He needs somebody up front. He needs a lineman to do their role and to do it well enough that he can score. But yet, those guys don't often get all the credit. Those guys can often be overlooked, even though their coach has instructed them and coached them up and said, here is your role, here is your responsibility. I expect you to do that to the best of your abilities. And if you can do that, we can have a very successful team. We can win some games. And we've got another coach and I don't know if we've often thought about it in this terms, but we've got a coach named Jesus. And he's got a big team. And he's got some pretty big events that have happened and that are going to continue to happen. And he's asking each and every one of us to fulfill a role on that team. And it doesn't matter what that role is, whether you're the right guard, whether you're the quarterback, whether you're a practice player just hoping to get on a field someday, he has a role for you. And each and every role matters. What's your role on Jesus' team? If we want to be on Jesus' team and fulfill a role, there's a few things that we're going to talk about today. And there's three things that we're going to point out that's in your bulletin on, on your fill-in-the-blanks. And the first one is if you want to play a role on Jesus' team, you have to be willing to go and do what he says. Those things are action items. We need to actually go, and we have to take action and do what he says. That's a role of obedience. It's a physical movement that he's asking us to do. You know, I could be sitting in my, in my chair on a Sunday morning, on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning at home, and I can be in prayer time. And it could maybe sound something like this. You know, God, I, I want to pray for my neighbor. I know he's had a really hard time lately. It hasn't been that long since he lost a parent. Uh, I know he's been struggling to find a job. I know that the kids have been a little chaotic lately. And that house is in turmoil. God, I want to I help that neighbor. So if, if that's your plan too, God, please send him over today. I'll be here waiting for him with open arms. If you would just send him to me, I'll do that. Or maybe it's something like, you know, you've been doing some exciting stuff in my life, and I want to share that. I want to be able to tell people what you're doing in my life. I want that excitement to catch on. I want others to feel your love. And I want to share about you. So, God, I'm here, and I'm ready to be used. So if, they, if you bring somebody to me today, if they knock on that door, I will open it, and I will tell them about you. Just bring them here. But yet, to be on Jesus' team, to fulfill a role, I think he's asking us to go to our neighbor. I think he's actually asking us to go 
to those people that we can find, not in our home, because they're not coming. Maybe some days we get that blessing, but most days I think we have to go out and find those people. Jesus had a specific ask of his disciples in Luke 19. There's a big game coming. He knows about it. He knows that Palm Sunday is here. And he knows what Palm Sunday means is he's making him his triumphant entry into Jerusalem for the last time. And he's going to set himself on a path that ultimately is going to lead to the cross on Friday. But in order for big events to happen, in order for teams to have a success and for teams to win, they need role players to do their job. They need right guards to make sure that they're doing their job and to the best of their abilities. And we're going to start in Luke 19, in verse 28, and see what Jesus is asking of his disciples to lead up to the big event that we know as Palm Sunday. After he had said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. This is Jesus. When he approached Bethphage and Bethany, near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent, they went away, and they found it just as he had told them. You know, I often wonder, what if they went on this journey? What if they got the go part right, and they set out? And then they got distracted. What happens if along the way they're like, you know, I'm kind of famished. I'm hungry. And they get invited in. And they start eating. And they're having a good time. And these people are kind, and they're bringing out the board games, and they're playing all sorts of games, and, and learning new, new card games. And they're just having a fun, hanging out. And desserts start coming. And then they come back to Jesus, and he's like, where's the donkey? Well, we intended to go and get it. We, we had good intentions of doing that. What if this morning I had intentions to fill up my gas tank because as I left my house, I see that little light bulb come on. It says, you're running low. Well, I intended to stop at that first gas station, but I was adrift and kept going. Well, what happens if I got a flight tomorrow morning and I had intended to set my alarm? I intended to make that. I intended to get to work on time. A lot of good intentions can start, but they can only take us so far because it's the actions that are actually observable. It's not our intentions that people can look at and see from the outside. It's our actions that people can look and see from the outside. A lot of people are going to judge us not by what we intended to do, but by, but by what we actually did. If those disciples didn't actually come home with the donkey, there's a prophecy that may go unfulfilled. There's a prophecy in Zechariah 9.9 that's written 500 years before Jesus steps on the earth. And it says, Hey, Jerusalem, your king is coming. And he's going to be mounted on the colt, on the foal of a donkey. For 500 years before, Jerusalem can be anticipating their king, their Messiah, coming in on a donkey. But in order for the donkey to come in, Jesus needs the role to be fulfilled. Jesus needs the right guard to do exactly what he asks them. So the disciples had his part to play. But if you're going to go and get a donkey, it may be somebody's donkey. So the next part about it, if we're going to fulfill our role, we have to be willing 
to give to Jesus when he asks. We have to be willing to give what we have. We can know, like, this, is, this kind of is something that a lot of us will probably say, this terminology and, and these thoughts we can have. It's like, you know, everything I have is God's. Everything I have is God's. I walk in my house, my, my house is God's. My things are God's. The gifts he's given me, my skills, those are because God gave them to me. But why is there a disconnect between knowing that and doing that? Why is there a disconnect? Because we can say these things, but when it actually comes to doing and giving of our things, giving of our time, giving of our skills, sometimes there can be a lapse there. There can be a, a struggle with that one. So how are we currently giving of our time, our skills, our things? What did the owners do when it came time to give of their things? In verse 33, as they were untying the colt, this is the disciples, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus and threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. So, there's one part of here that, that stands out to me, the owners. The owners. Multiple. So this is kind of like, if I'm, if I'm carless, and if I'm walking around town, and I see a car for sale on the side of the road, and I go up and look at it, and I'm like, that, that might do the trick for me. I get the details, 1994 Saturn. So it looks good because those plastic dent-resistant doors, that's going to be shiny. That works out well. Only 287,000 miles on it. That four-cylinder still rocking it. You got a while to go. But then I look at the price tag on this 94 Saturn today, and I go, ooh. A little out of my league yet. I need to go back. I need to go home. I need to talk to some friends. I need to talk to the relatives, maybe my neighbor, and say, hey, what can we do to pool our stuff together? What can we do to pool our money together to get this 94 Saturn? because I think it can be beneficial for us. It's a mode of transportation. It can take us from point A to point B. It can help us get to our jobs. It can help us get to the grocery store. This mode of transportation will be helpful to us, but I can't do it on my own. I need multiple people here. Because 2,000 years ago, if you were a multiple shareholder of a donkey, you probably didn't have a whole lot to go along with it. So when we're talking about giving in Jesus' world, when he's our coach and he's asking us to do our role, and that role means to give, their giving was pretty sacrificially. Their giving may have been more than the extra car. It was the only car that they had. I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking, if I'm sitting in my living room and I look out my front window and there's a couple guys in my truck and they're messing with some wires and the thing's starting to kind of start, I'm kind of running out there and go, hey, guys, what are you doing with my truck? And they fire back with, uh, the Lord has need of it. Oh, hang on. Let me get your, my keys. I mean, that'll make it easier. Why do you have to hotwire the thing? They're my keys, guys. Have at it. I don't know how much that resonates with me. But yet, it resonated with them. And maybe we can follow this line of thinking that says, okay, that's different. Like, okay, those guys knew that it was actually going to Jesus. Like, the disciples and Jesus, they probably even have connected before. We could even draw enough lines to say, Jesus has been there before. He knew this was coming. He could have went up to those guys and said, hey, by the way, in a later time, when my disciples come in and try to take your donkey and you see that, there's going to be a key phrase they're going to tell you. And they're going to tell you, the Lord has need of it. Just know that's coming from me. 
because if I ask, you'll give. Well, Jesus isn't the one taking my truck. So you can be like, well, that does, how do we wrestle with that? If, if Jesus were asking me, I'd give my truck. I mean, if he was here saying, hey, I need my truck, there's Peter sitting there going, hey, I need your truck. Okay, I get it. But he's not always there with us. I think Jesus figured out that we'd maybe ask that question or that maybe I would start to ask that question because a couple days later, he started addressing his disciples. And in Matthew chapter 25, you can check out this one later. It's verses 31 to 46. Jesus starts telling about the time that judgment's coming. He says, I'll be sitting on my throne and all the nations will be in front of me. And to my right will be the sheep. And to my left will be the goats. And they will have a difference in their eternity and where they go. Now, sheep, let me address you. Because here's, here's why you will spend eternity with me. Because when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I was sick and I was in prison, you came to visit. You did these things to me. You did these things for me. And it says, the righteous said, but Jesus, when did we do that for you? And his response was, but when you did them for the least of these, you did them to me. So as we start to look at this and say, yeah, but that was, that was Jesus they gave to. And Jesus says, oh yeah? Well, look around. Here I am. Because we all have needs. And there's a lot of others out there with needs. So when you're thinking, who do I give to? How do I, how do I share with? Who do I invite in? Who do I feed? Who do I go and visit? Jesus says, it's the least of these. It's those with a need. It's those who are like me. And he sees all of our deeds. He sees how we treat him and his people. But I wonder what's more important, how he sees us or how others see us. Because I don't think it's by accident that he asks us to go unnoticed. In Jesus' world, the roles that we have to fulfill, he wants us to go unnoticed and be anonymous. How do I know that? Well, I look back at the same verses that we were looking at. I look in verse 29, and I look in verse 33, and I ask a couple questions. Who were the disciples that went? Who were the disciples? You had a few of them to choose from. Who were they? Who were the cult owners? Who owned that foal of a donkey? We don't get that information. These guys are anonymous. That's not important here. I have this idea that says, because if they're the important ones, if they're the ones on the jumbotron, if these guys, the disciples and the owners, were the ones who the camera zooms in on and blows up and we start getting all the stats about them, and yeah, that guy was 5'10", 184, bench-pressed 287 pounds in college, we don't get that type of information because then our focus is on them when the focus is on what happens coming up. The, the prophecy is fulfilled and Jesus makes his entrance. Jesus is the focus. So how can we continue to be anonymous? Jesus talked about this anonymity thing in Matthew chapter 6. He talked about three different spiritual disciplines that we should all be considering. And the first one is giving to the needy or giving to the poor. The second one he mentions is prayer. And then the third one he mentions is fasting. And as he's talking about each of these things, he follows it very quickly up with, Hey, when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Isn't that's like you're giving to me? 
It's between us. It's not for everybody else to know and to see. Because then where's your heart in it? And when you pray, you don't need to be out on the streets and, and praying loudly so other people can see you. Be in private, because that's your relationship. You're having a one-on-one conversation with your Father. And when you fast, you don't need to make it look like you're all mopey and everybody can see what's wrong with you. Oh, I'm fasting. I haven't eaten. No, no, no. Actually, let's be joyful. Let's be joyful in our fasting. So nobody can recognize that. Because then it's all about the Creator and not about the created. So are we willing to be like the disciples and the owner? Are we willing to go and do? Are we willing to give? Are we willing to be anonymous? And if the answers are yes, then my next follow-up says, well, what's that look like? What are we willing to go and do? What are we willing to give of ourselves? Is there something that you've been sensing God doing in your life that says, you know, I'm supposed to go and I'm supposed to do this, but, but so far I've been in my chair going, bring them to me. I'm open. I don't know if I can get there. Just bring them in. What are our gifts and our talents that we're holding on to that are treasures for other people to be able to see if we can share those and share our time with people? What are those things that he's made you to be that you can share with others? And what role ultimately can you play? Big events, much like Palm Sunday, need many roles. You need right guards. You need left guards. You need backups to be able to fulfill their role in order to make these things happen. Big events like weddings. There's a lot of steps and a lot of planning and a lot of things that have to happen in order to get to the big day. At least that's what I was told. Uh, that there's a lot of planning and stuff that happens to get to a wedding. My responsibility was make sure you show up, make sure you get all your guys who are standing up to show up, and make sure you say, I do. I was able to handle that aspect of it. If any of you guys have ever gone to a wedding, like, it's phenomenal. I love the fact that colors match, and I love the fact that everything's dressy, and like there's centerpieces that look cool, and the ones that I really like are the ones who have like candy out for everybody to, to go after, and uh, the cake is always phenomenal, and the food, and the dancing. There's so many things that make this a wonderful celebration. But I don't know if I've ever known who's the DJ, who did the centerpieces, who matched those flowers with the dresses, with those things that go underneath the tux? I don't know who does all that. But what I do know is that I'm celebrating the husband and wife. And that's what's important. And so when we look at big events like Palm Sunday, or what's coming on Friday, or what's coming on Sunday, where does the attention go? And what's our role so that way we can glorify Jesus in it? On Sunday mornings, I think there's a lot that happens that many of us go, completely unnoticed because things happen when people do their roles so we can come in and worship God. There's a lot of volunteers out there taking care of our kids so we can be in here and worship. There's a lot of people that, that come in and straighten chairs and clean up under them, make sure the Bibles and hymnals are separated uh, evenly. There's people who print out those bulletins and Fridays and come in and fold them accurately and stuff them and put them all together. There's people who are changing the light bulbs in here. There's people greeting. Um, guys and girls coming in early, making coffee and putting the donuts out so we can come in and just go, oh, sweet coffee, like I do. Like, th- those things are nice. But a lot of people are doing those tasks and are fulfilling their role in Jesus' team so that we can have a big event 
and that we can celebrate these things. Because Jesus needs teammates who are willing to do things that aren't noticed. So he may be doing something big in us. He may be doing something big around us. But ultimately what matters is that we're just doing what we're responsible to do. And he wants each and every one of us on his team. And how do I know that? Because I know Friday's coming. And he went to the cross for each and every one of us. He died that brutal death so that way his blood may be covering our sins and our relationship with the Father comes right back. That's why he's pursuing us. That's why it doesn't matter when we sin that he still loves us and chases us. That's why even when we run, he is still running after us because he wants us on his team. And you know what? For all you bandwagon jumpers who recently maybe became Philadelphia Eagles fans along the way or something like that, get another bandwagon you can jump on. I know which team wins. Let's jump on Jesus' team. And when we do that, we just get this opportunity to say, all right, this is your game, not mine. What role do you have for me? How can I go and do whatever role it is that you have for me? How can I give of what you've given me so that way your kingdom may be glorified? And God, I don't need the attention. I can do this thing unnoticed. So when you tell me to go, I will go. Where you go, I'll follow. So what role are you going to play on Team Jesus? Let's pray.